Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah, a guide through trauma, personal healing, growth, and discovery leading to the ultimate life of joy, mental wellness, and less fear. As a single mother, certified coach in transitional change and adventure, I will share my personal traumas and help you with steps to be free of whatever internal or external chains are keeping you from enjoying this life. My guests and I go beyond the typical conversation as they share their inspirational journeys. And every other week, I bring you my solo episodes where I highlight issues or ahas that I know you are going through too. From relationships, aspirations that have seemed impossible, motherhood, friendships, work, transitions, inertia, depression, my wish is this forum can help you through all of this and more. My mission is to create a supportive community and connection that empowers each one of you to love yourself and believe your right to live boldly. All right, everybody, I'd love to uh, introduce Monica Packer to the pod today. Um, We're going to be talking about are you lazy or are you a perfectionist? I know in my own space that um, I'm definitely not lazy, but it definitely I can be a perfectionist, which, can, which is also what can hold me back from accomplishing and finishing the things that I set out to do. So we're going to jam for about 40 minutes or so. So everybody go grab your journals. You're going to want to take notes on this. Monica, can you please introduce you? Introduce yourself. Yeah, happy to. Um, so I'm Monica. I'm primarily known as a podcaster online at About Progress. I'm a personal development person that didn't know I could count as a personal development person because uh, for so many years of my life, I was on the sidelines. And that actually came about because for so many years before that, I was one of those straight A overachieving stereotypical perfectionists and really burnt out hard in my life and got um, to a place where I was dealing with a ton of mental health crises and, you know, almost lost my, my life to perfectionism really. And um, after that, I spent 10 years being safe on the sidelines and that meant being stuck. Didn't know I still qualified as a perfectionist and lo and behold, I had a great therapist pointed out to me. And once she did, I realized either way I was in the same place. Either way, when I was an overachieving and when I was an underachieving perfectionist, I was depressed. I was anxious. I wasn't making real progress in my life. My relationships in my life um, were suffering the most and in addition to many other things. And so I had to find a new way to grow and to be the person I wanted to be. And I, I started this accidental experiment of trying to be mediocre at things and that be the whole point. And weirdly enough, doing that not only helped me make more progress than I ever made as either side of these spectrums of perfectionism, I've made more growth than I ever did before, but I've also gained so much more confidence in being able to fail more in my life. And I've had this giant trickle down effect too. Every part of my life has improved. I mean, so much of my life looks the same on the outside as my day-to-day responsibilities haven't shifted that much. Our finances haven't shifted that much. Like, you know, all those ways they sell things like my my whole life changed. I, I'm a multimillionaire and I have all these luxury vacations and life is easy. It's not. Life is still hard. I have five kids, three of whom have special needs and my life basically looks a lot on the same and it feels completely different. And my relationships are completely different. So that's kind of the nutshell of my story wow. and why I'm here. Wow. So tell us a little bit more though about uh, the whole space of are you really lazy or are you a perfectionist? Like, let's dive into that. Um, How do you, first of all, how do you define perfectionism? I have my own definition and it's definitely not like science-y. 
But this, in my experience, is what perfectionism is. Perfectionism is a misplacement of identity. Ooh. It's us placing our identity on our outcomes okay. and what people can see and what they can't see too. Okay. Hold. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm like, wait, oh, oh, oh. stop, hold, stop, hold. Say that one no. more time. Say that one more time, because this is, this is really important. A misplacement of identity. And wow. that's why a lot of people who do not think they qualify as perfectionists actually are, because they think a perfectionist is someone who is high achieving, who is really goal oriented, who have all these very specific habits and are go-getters. And I'm not that person. And I, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm a non-starter. I'm a non-finisher. I don't do what I'm going to say I'm going to do, but most of the time, the reasonings are the same and it's out of fear. You have placed your identity on outcomes and for those who are the underachieving kind of perfectionists, it's the lack of outcomes or the times that you have failed. Your identity is so steeped in those outcomes that you have similarly lost your life to perfectionism. Wow. 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 That's brilliant. So tell us about being lazy. Like, how do you identify to that? Or how do you, uh, how do you define that? Well, to me, lazy is someone who finds themselves stuck in action or in procrastination, like so delayed action. And they got caught in these shame spirals. And I honestly see them as cycles where how they view themselves shifts the way they behave and the mm. way they behave or don't behave shifts the way they view themselves. And it just becomes this self-affirming cycle of belief and action that spirals down, like down into our souls, but also leaves us in a place on the outside where we aren't flourishing in our lives. We're not pr making progress in the ways that matter most to us. And just like I said, on my um, experience of being both kinds of perfectionists, their relationships are also stuck and suffering in many ways. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about friendships or work relationships, all sorts get, uh, get the brunt of this. And I guess another way to look at perfectionism too, is it's often a coping skill. Mm. It's, it's us, how it's how we deal with life and, and people think, well, perfectionists, they're just constantly seeking, 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 doing, doing, doing to make up for, you know, the anxiety they're feeling or the stress, but the lazy kinds, and I'm putting this in quotes, do the same thing but instead they're stuck in inaction or procrastination. And I, I, I would assume that that would also have to do with the relationship with yourself. Absolutely. Relationship with other people, which is actually most yeah. important is that relationship with self. And this is one of the things that I did not expect to uncover as I was trying to just be mediocre, Monica. That was like my goal. Like, let's just try to be mediocre, Monica. It's okay. Like you don't have to be this like, this person that excels at everything in order to even try it, you're just going to do something. You're not going to reach for all and you're not going to stay stuck in nothing. You're going to do something and have the courage to do that. But as I did that, that was one of the things I uncovered that surprised me is how much identity plays into how we behave. And I know there's a lot of smarter people out, out there that knew that well ahead of when I did, but to me, it was a very, a very organic lesson. And is what helped me start to make progress again, because it wasn't just my behaviors that needed to change. It was the way I viewed myself. And then my cycle changed. So the same cycle of my identity, the way I viewed myself affecting my behaviors, and then my behaviors affecting the way I viewed myself, that same shame cycle could then be used to spiral instead of down, to spiral up instead to just try to find the small ways that I could change the way I viewed myself and change the way I acted or the way my small steps of action could change the way I viewed and, and the things I believed about myself. Both were true. The spirals can happen both directions. This is really interesting. So if you're viewing yourself as somebody that is a lazy, incompetent, or not able to succeed into the things that you truly want, not stepping into the dreams, like... I don't view myself as a mountaineer. So you're going to find yourself lazy on a couch. But if you actually can view yourself as that, that's going to get you off the couch. I'm using myself as an example here because yeah. I climbed the mountain yesterday, right? And so if you if you don't view yourself as the person who is courageous, strong, and brave, 
you're going to have action, belief, all of that, that then really, right, like continues to put you into, I am not strong. I am not resilient. I am not brave. I'm not courageous. Wow. So how do you know that too? Well, we do know that. Well, here's the thing. I think that for those of you that like are listening to this, I think that there's this space between we know that, and then there's that, we know that. Mm -hmm. See, actually seeing it in action. Well, and embodying Um, it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's this, of course we knew that. Of course all, yeah, well, I knew that. Great. Well, how many people have 1600 self-help books or personal development books sitting on their shelf, but they actually take action with it? We Mm -hmm. know we've read it. Now let's actually put it into our daily lives. I'm glad you pointed it out because to me, that's where the transformation happens. And actually one of the other surprising lessons I've learned in the now eight years of doing this experiment of trying to lean into progress over perfection is that I have discovered the transformation doesn't lie in the outcome. It lies in the process. Like No outcomes have made me change my identity. It was the process of trying and reaching and persistence of dealing with failure better, of trying anyway, of, of figuring things out. That is what has transformed me. It's never been about the outcomes. You know what else is interesting? I was just having this conversation with somebody else today about, about really, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was like an everyday conversation, girlfriends, Mm -hmm. just all sorts of things. How much that our patterns and our choice, our choices within the same patterns that we have had over and over and over again, continue to keep us in that same space. And yet we sit there looking from the outside saying, well, how did I land here again? Yeah. And so it's the exact same thing. It's like, this choice, right. Of I'm not going to continue to be in this quote, lazy mode. And here's how I kind of identify with lazy, ah, girlfriend, like we're hitting this at the right time. Good. How I also identify with lazy. Some people can be very lazy quote in the way that they live because they are choosing the same thing over and over and over again. They find it's easier Mm -hmm. to choose what we know, which so often can be quote, trauma bonds. It can be, quote, uh, you know, relationships that are unhealthy. It can be, quote, the 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 life that uh, I'm not happy with, but I'm still staying in that space. That can be very lazy in our choices because that's what we are accustomed to and know, yeah. right? Which then keeps us in that space. And then we sit there and we're like, well, why don't I feel successful in X, Y, Z? Why do I keep six months, nine months, a year, five more years in, in a relationship that's the exact same as I had before, but yet different, right? It's just a different person. You're just insert somebody different in that same space. Why am I there again? Well, we, because we are lazy in changing our patterns. So you can be lazy in many things here, people. If you want, if you, if you want success and you don't want to be in the same space that you were in, stop being lazy in the choices that you keep choosing, right? Like, step into a space of acceleration, action, the things that you actually want. So, And sometimes, you know, it just comes down to differences in semantics. Like I think the way we often view ourselves with these qualifiers or these descriptors, like I'm lazy or I'm a non-starter, I'm a non-finisher, I just stay stuck, I don't keep my own promises to myself. Those are so steeped in shame. Oh, 100%. Yeah, They only perpetuate that pattern. Yeah. So we keep you know, this is confirmation bias. We keep getting the evidence in front of us with our actions because of these patterns that prove, well, you are that person. And so the shame, the shame spiral, right? That's why it, it keeps going. And I love that a lot of your work is about helping women get out of their comfort zone because strangely, the shame pattern, the shame spiral is really comfortable for a lot of women because that's what they know. They don't know anything else. So just being able to name it and then instead own, okay, it's not that I'm lazy. Let's remove the shame word of this and instead say, no, this is a pattern. Call it for what it is. It's a pattern and it's actually part of perfectionism. It's part of me trying to cope with my anxieties and my fears. It's me being comfortable, even though it doesn't actually feel comfortable. Hmm, That's another like light bulb moment. Oh, I actually am not comfortable in my comfort zone. Um, that's what's going to give them, I think, a lot more juice to move into this discomfort that they're going to have to move through in order to change the patterns 
including the way they view themselves and their behaviors that follow. So here's the other thing that I would like to just touch on is that this is not just for, it's not only women though, like that, because a lot yeah, of people- I primarily speak to women. So that's why I'm oh, sorry, yeah. I, and, I keep bringing I, it up, but yeah. No, 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 it's all good. I have, I find that there are equally as many men that have this, this where they're just, they become comfortable in this space or, and I would say it would be a really interesting statistic. I don't even know how you would research this, but, or, or, or find out, but how many men versus women feel like they are, or are perfectionists, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like over the other, it was, it would just be a very interesting thing. Cause I don't know. That would be I do know, though, that I know a lot of men and women that are very big perfectionists, uh, which is also what holds them in that space. Mm-hmm. And you could look for some red flags, too. I mean, on either the, the, the spectrum is wide and a lot of time we bounce around in it. We were going from all to nothing, all to nothing. That's a sign. Another sign is anxiety based in, you know, your actions and your outcomes. A lot of it is what kind of patterns do I get stuck in? And am I in patterns of procrastination and then big time overwork? Am Mm -hmm. I just stuck in inaction? Am I stuck in the whole hustle side that I just burn out really routinely or really deeply? Those are some things you can pay attention to and then try to mark, well, where am I on the spectrum, at least right now? But the reasonings are going to often be the same routes that we talked about. I think it's also important to bring in for those of you that have lived through any kind of really hard, either grief cycle or trauma or anything like that. We sometimes look at, I just can't get out of bed as being lazy. We're actually, or, or I'm having a season of pulling back. Like, why am I pulling back from everybody? Why am I needing to take a pause and I'm more quiet in my world? And that's healing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. It's not lazy. And I know I've gone through that myself of periods of where people have asked me, where'd you go? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm just going internal. I don't know. I'm just going quiet for a while. And then I come out and it's just, okay, let's, let's, let's make it happen. Let's put things into action. And that also can be a part of the trauma bond because it can be, or not trauma bond, my, my, sorry, trauma, because it can be avoidance. The overworking can be avoidance of whatever else is in your life. Oh, for sure. Well, how do you, how do you give us some, give us some, let's dive into the, the, the techniques or the tips or the things let's dive into that part. So in order to switch between these cycles, one is, you know, to identify those two parts of it. So how are the ways I'm viewing myself, the ways I'm talking to myself, the beliefs I carry about myself, how are they impacting the way I am taking action or the, the behaviors I'm seeing? And then how are those behaviors impacting the way I view myself? That same cycle can be used in either direction, you know, for to make progress or to to sink back down, to, to spiral down. And so just knowing that pattern and just trying to pay attention to it is a big part of this battle. And then from there, there's a couple other things that I like to to do with people. And actually there's many things, but if we're thinking about the people who are just starting, one of them is to believe in and practice the process. Mm-hmm. Remember how I shared that the transformation lies in the process, not the outcome? Yeah. The process is the way to change. A lot of us think it's all or nothing. Like we have to follow that model. If we're ready to do something, we have to go all in. And while yes, there is some truth with that in many parts of our lives. Like I you might have to go all in with some healing. When I was recovering from my mental health crises, a lot of those um does had to do with eating disorders. I had to go all in on my recovery. I couldn't just go part way. You know, there's certain times where we do need to do that. But in many instances, it's more about recognizing that true progress happens via the process. And the process is that small wins build over time. Mm-hmm. Even when I had to heal from my eating disorders and my mental health crises, that still was the process to change. Even when I had to go all in, the way I changed was small wins building over time. And I had years, Sarah, years where I was not getting better. Mm. Like I was convinced and I was doing the work and I was making the changes and working so hard, but I, my behaviors weren't shifting very much yet, but that was more of an extreme example. Right. But now I am about 17 years into my recovery. My life is completely different. I'm completely different. I do not have those same struggles at all. But when I look back, 
it happened so incrementally. And that's been true in every area of my life that I wanted to grow in, that I wanted to switch from the shame spiral to the progress cycle is recognizing that small wins build over time. And I have to believe in the process because if you don't believe that's the truth, if you believe you're just going to be an overnight success one day, just like out of nowhere, or that if you hustle really hard, you'll have that success right away. Um, if you don't believe in the process, you're not going to do it. You're not going to put in the small efforts. You're not going to try to make those micro changes and even the bigger changes that you need to make. You have to believe in that process. And then second step is practice it. You have to believe that the small attempts to make these shifts are going to make dramatic shifts over time. Wow. It's like climbing a mountain. It's yeah. those that add up. You have to do the steps. You have to do the work. Wow. And you know how it is when you think you get to a summit. And then it's not, um, <laughs> right. And you're like, crap, we call those false another one. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's when I was on this Sierra high road, uh, with some dear friends, my niece and another dear friend, and we had that happen several times. And that is such a good analogy where we would get up to, we would climb so hard and we, we would yeah. get up to this one spot and then the person who was ahead would look back and we're route finding. Sorry, this is on the- um, Oh, interesting. Yeah, this is on the the High Sierra route. Yeah. Wow. And and uh, so there's no trail, right? And I, and I think that this is a perfect analogy and metaphor mm-hmm. for what you're talking about here too, because there is no trail the, in any of this work. You, you truly are, even when you feel like you're getting the answers from- reading XYZ or from having the conversations with somebody, you're still having to blaze your own quote route trail, right? You just sometimes don't even realize you're doing it. And with us on that, there is no trail. You're route finding, you're using a compass, which is like that inner compass of life. Mm. And then all of a sudden you get up there and you're exhausted. And I'm telling you like truly from the depth of my soul, exhausted, it's mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally exhausting. And then you look up and you're like, what? I'm not even there. I've got to climb how many more thousand feet, whatever it is. You got to be kidding me. I don't have it in me, but you have no other, you have no choice. You, you need to keep going straight up that mountain. And this is a very big analogy or metaphor for life. And then you get up there and you get this view of like, wow, I did Mm -hmm. that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, you know, those fault summits can be really frustrating, but I think when we know that's part of the process, like you're going to have fault summits or you're going to choose the wrong path, you're going to fail, you're going to make mistakes, then you're willing to keep hiking, to keep, you know, going up this mountain because you know, oh, this is what the process is too. Like failure is part of it and, and frustrating times and disappointments. I'm not doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. This is what it looks like to grow. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, so how do you, when do you know that you're making progress though? Like that's, Mm -hmm. I guess that's the other thing. When do you even know? Okay. This is such a brilliant question. And I can honestly tell you not many people have asked me because a lot of people are thinking more about the outcome, like when Mm -hmm. they know they've arrived. So how about in between then? How do you know when you are actually making progress? This is where I'm going to say the answer people don't want to hear. And it's often not during. It's it's often even just a step ahead. So it doesn't mean you have to arrive in order to then look back and see the progress. I'm just saying this is part of the process. Is in, in the middle of it, you often can't totally see if you're making progress unless you look just a little bit farther behind. It's always just about looking back, just like you do when you're mountaineering and you're forging those paths. It's only when you're looking down that you realize how far you've come. But that might even be true if you've gone like 10 feet, right? You can look back and say, okay, I am growing. I am moving up this mountain. So that's the frustrating answer, but it's the truth. It's it's okay if you're not seeing dramatic changes in the moment, but keep that mindset of both knowing where you're headed, like you know what you're headed towards. You know why you're changing. You know what you want to become more. And that can be a lot of value work that you can do. And I think it's really helpful, but it's also just take a moment to keep looking back a little bit, even just a little at a time. And then sometimes you can pull that out even farther. Like look at a year back, look two years back, look farther and see, okay, that progress is happening. And it's going to, and it's going to give you that, that energy that you need to keep going. 
Are you looking to bring a little more happiness into your life or want to learn how to step outside your comfort zone? Guess what? Our digital downloadable programs are only $39 just for a limited time. Go grab Unstuck and Free, How to Live Outside Your Comfort Zone, filmed in the mountains of Southern California, Mount Baldy to be exact, my favorite mountain, or go grab Seven Steps to Happiness. This is filmed on the High Sierra Loop in Yosemite National Park. Incredible, incredible visuals. These programs will take you to that next step and rise you into living your best life. Use the coupon code LIVEBOLDLY at checkout, L-I-V-E-B-O-L-D-L-Y. Go grab them, sarahshiltoncrans.com, underneath more and digital programs. So let's story tell for a second, and I hope this will help some of you. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a big paddler, right? Like I love paddling the Pacific Ocean. So I'll paddle out there four miles and with waves. Wow. And, and I, I've paddled from the mainland of California over to Catalina Island, I think three, four times and back. So that's 24 miles, I believe, 22, 24 miles. And when you're in the middle of the channel, okay. And I want everybody to like mm-hmm. in this one, when you're in the middle of the channel, you feel like you are not going anywhere. You feel like you're not, you mm-hmm. have like, there's like, you're just, you feel like you're floating in the middle. Yeah. The sea, and you keep thinking, "Am I really making any progress to get to the destination?" And there have been times where I literally have asked myself, "Is the current pushing me back? Is the yeah. like what's going on here?" Because I feel like I'm not getting anywhere, and I can't see. You can't see where you were coming from, and you can't see where you're going to because you're in the middle of the channel. So I've looked down, which is here's the thing that I want everybody to just sit with. I've looked down and as my paddle goes into the ocean, I'm literally watching, is my board really going forward Hmm. or am I staying where I am? And you can tell, and it's, it's from where I'm sitting with this is you can tell in the littlest of things. So for me, I can watch how the swirl of the water Hmm. is created by the paddle And then I'll watch the little things in the ocean, like if there's, you know, seaweed or anything at all, like even just, even just the white of the, of, of, you know, the, the, the swirl, right. And you're watching it go by and you're like, oh no, I really am moving. Mm -hmm. And it's in the littlest of things looking up at the sky is the, am I, am, is, are the clouds moving? Am I like, can I see that I'm actually moving and I'm not just standing still? And with that, you're like, okay, wait, no, I really am making progress here. I, I really am moving. I'm really getting to my destination. I will, I will complete this. I'm not going to get stranded and lost at sea yeah. by sharks <laughs> or, or a whale. Because by the way, there are a lot of whales coming off of the ocean. That's scary. Yeah, you well, know, other whales are known to be, they're, they're, they're finding them here now. So it's pretty wow. wild. But, it, well, but that's a really good metaphor. That's a really good analogy. Well, I love that because when you brought up that question, I was thinking about people saying like, what are my outcomes? And that's where I'm like, I don't, don't get lost in just seeking like, where are my dramatic changes? When I talked about the process, small wins building over time, I use that very purposefully, those words, like small wins. When I say wins, it's, it's noting those tiny movements. It's treating them as wins, as the outcomes, honestly, just as themselves, instead of just waiting for the bigger ones. And one of the things that helps so much, in addition to believing in and practicing the process, like we shared, is affirming those small, small wins. And this is where we can use confirmation bias to our benefit. And when I say affirm, it's this combination of recognition and celebration, of those tiny, tiny, tiny bits of progress. It's taking a moment to acknowledge, huh, that's just a little bit easier than it was. Or, oh, I did this just a little differently than I would have had in the past. And in those moments saying, that's like me. Now, that, this comes from an Olympic uh, coach named Lanny Basham. And this is how he trained his Olympic athletes is every time they did one step right, like they would if they got the gold medal. But in the practicing, if they did even one of those parts right, they would say to themselves, that's like me, because they're trying to affirm in themselves an identity of this kind of athlete. And you do that in these small moments too. And I'm thinking about like, you know, if you want to 
become a faster runner or something like that. And you're trying to make that progress. And right now you're just going like two miles and maybe you've gone 10 seconds faster. You've noticed in just one of those miles, you know, you've just gone 10 seconds faster, 10 seconds faster. Instead of thinking, I need to cut off a whole minute to get to the point I want to be. Instead, you're thinking, that's like me. That's who I, that's who I am. This is me. I am, I'm making that progress. I am being this person. And, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about that too. Nereal talks about that and Indistractable. James Clare talks about it in Atomic Habits too. Identity is such a key part in change. And this is again, where we're hijacking the cycle for ourselves. It's, it's in the affirming of these small behaviors, we're affirming a deeper identity that then will create more behaviors. And as we affirm them, deepen our, our identity, it's, it's pretty magnificent, but it's best lived out. So this is where I feel like the third thing is you, you've got to try to do something. A lot of us are waiting for momentum or we're waiting, sorry, let me say that again. We're waiting for motivation. And instead, what we need to do is create momentum. Instead of waiting for the time, the energy, the money to go after the all, we need to do something. Because as we do something, we're just using a little bit of energy that creates more energy. I mean, that's physics. And that that's what's going to happen, even with the ways that you want to grow internally. It's what can I, what is one small way I can do something to begin to prioritize this thing I want to improve on? What is one small way I can take a moment today to prioritize that or to Google something I need to Google or ask someone for help where I need to ask help or, you know, just, it's just the small, small things. And in the process, what we're also doing is proving ourselves wrong. We're proving ourselves wrong by showing no, this is what it does look like to grow. And no, this is actually who I am. And that's powerful. Yeah, that's so powerful. I happen to love the book Atomic Habits. I've been uh, having my kids read it as well. I gave it to them for Christmas because it's such a good book. It is such yeah, a he's 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 good. And I think he has a lot of science to, to just show all that we've been talking about today. Yeah. The, the small wins matter. Yeah. So tell us, give us some other takeaways as well. I mean, there's, I'm sure that you probably have a list of them and how are you, how do you implement this in your everyday life as well? Well, here's what I'm going to say for the people who thought this all sounded good, but they're still a little confused about the process. I'll say, I'll, let me just zoom back eight years when I was just starting this experiment. I didn't even know it was an experiment though. <laughs> it wasn't even like this intentional. I did say to myself, let's try to be mediocre. Let's try to work, work on progress, you know, but I didn't like set out to do a years long experiment. And, you know, but back then I was not in a place where I could make goals. I was just terrified to try in a different way than I ever had before. I only knew the all or nothing way. And it was really scary. So what I actually did then is a big part of what I still do to this day. And I create a yearly do something list. And this is a list outside of goals and resolutions. The only point is to uncover and discover me, is to prioritize what it looks like and feels like to be me. Because eight years ago, we're talking about identity pieces, right? I didn't know who that person was anymore. I had lost myself to my roles and responsibilities and all for good intentions. I wanted to be a good teacher. I wanted to be a good mom. I wanted to be a good wife. And I lost myself to those roles. So that first do something list was just a list of 30 things I wanted to do to find myself again. And they were really small. They were like, make 20 new recipes. And I counted a new kind of oatmeal, go on five new hikes. I'm also a big hiker. Um, try five new ice cream restaurants, go to a museum. Um, start. I, I had a, a goal to start a blog, which now that's, that's more of a goal than a do something less. I'm getting kind of particular there. But in the process of doing these things, I began to pick up these seeds of recognition again. Mm. Oh, that's me. Or, oh, that's not me. <laughs> Like that's, that was fun to try, but that's, that's not me. And as I did that, I had more of that sense of self inside me to then direct the ship. And one of the surprising things that happened, I keep bringing this up. It's like a trickle down effect. One of the surprising things that happened is I then became a goal person. Mm. I then became a habit person. I then became more of the traditional kind of go-getter person than I had been for years, but in a different way, because I knew better who I was so I could direct the shit better. I also knew 
what it took to really grow. So I could do those things in a different way than I had in the past. And so if they're in that place and like, I, this sounds great, but I don't even know like what I'm looking, what I'm walking towards. I don't know who I want to become. I'm kind of feeling lost and stuck just period. Start by making a do something list where it's just about exploring who you are. And by the way, the goal is not completion. I have done this, this I'm in my eighth or ninth year of making my do something list. I have never completed a full list because that's not the point. And last year was one of the most humbling years of my life. We had a, a fifth child and it was five years after our last. And my productivity level went from like a 9.9 <laughs> to like a 0.1. And even in during that really humbling year, my do something list saved me in so many ways, even though I ended up crossing off like 10 things off the list of 20, that's, it still helped me be myself through what ended up being a pretty challenging year. So do something. Yeah. Well, and that's how we find these other versions of ourselves. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. uncover parts of yourself. They're like, Oh, I didn't I know about you. That. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It's funny because that's actually how I got into adventuring is because I tried one thing. And in fact, it was, I think, six, seven years ago when I had my very first backpacking trip and we ended up camping two nights. And the second night, I didn't even realize that we landed on top of El Capitan until I looked out. Oh, my God, we're on top of El Capitan. I didn't know we were coming to the top of El Capitan. Had no idea. And my heart was just like, it just broke And mm-hmm. I thought, ooh, I need more of this. This feels really good. And when you start to feel something that's really good, go in that direction. If it's healthy, yeah. not unhealthy good. If it's healthy, good, and it feels mm-hmm. it feels right and it touches your heart and soul, keep walking in that direction. And that's where you're going to find more of it. That's where you're going to- I ex- love that moment. Yeah. Such it also great- terrifies me. I'm like, did you peek over the edge? Oh my <laughs> gosh. I totally did. Are you kidding me? It was amazing. It was well, we, one of those epic I can't ever. do that. We hiked to the top of Half Dome and I did not go to the edge at all. Really? <laughs> no, I knew I would fall right over. I was like, no. like I'd get vertigo and fall right off. So I, I'm that's funny. That's really no, funny. I think I think it's just vertigo, but I think that's so cool. That is an amazing story. But you like tell me that you got close enough that you like could see the Views yeah, like I could see the valley. Okay, yes, okay, for sure. okay, but I was okay. not. I'm like, you climbed all the way up there, girlfriend. No, I was not going over. to the diving board and doing a handstand or taking pictures. But I was yeah. looking yeah. and taking it in for sure. Okay. Otherwise, I'd say we're <laughs> gonna go back and do that again because you need to take in the view. <laughs> yeah, I did do that, but just farther back than everybody else. Oh, that's that's that's. Hey, and you know what? That's fine. That's where that's. Yeah, I totally, yeah. Get, I totally get that. So you use this all the time. I mean, this is like something yeah. that I do too. That's why I'm asking that because there are people who speak this stuff, but then they don't institute it into their life, which to me is like, you're a talking head. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. I hear that. Yeah. And honestly, that's been the most fun part of what I do is living it out. Mm. And I feel like my best way of teaching is trying to model it. And as part of it, I do my best to model the hard too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the days where I'm I've made a mistake or I messed up, not as like false authenticity. It's it's a good challenge for me to remember like this is part of the process. And every time I share that, I get so many more DMs of people being like, that helped me so much. Just mm-hmm. to know like this is what it looks like. Today was not my day. <laughs> what is one of the most interesting things that you found about yourself through this process? One of the most interesting things has been that I'm ambitious. So you went from, okay, can we just sit with that for a second? You went from yeah, stuck, stuck. completely stuck to now you're ambitious. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about uncovering who you are, that was who I was as a little kid. Like I was that kid selling rocks on the side of the street or going door to door and selling my mom's popcorn balls. And always wanting to get ahead and do better and grow. And I had stuffed that down for years out of self-protection. And that has been one of the most surprising, you know, I keep saying it, but I've been more surprised the last eight years than I ever was before 
But that has been one of the biggest things is realizing, oh, I'm ambitious. I don't like to settle, even though I weirdly make way more room for failure than I ever did before. Hmm. And it's been a beautiful side of myself to rediscover and lean into. And honestly, it's been so helpful with my kids. They've needed an ambitious mom. Yeah, They needed one who's willing to fight for them to say that's not good enough for them or, well, we got to find another therapist or another teacher. It's been good for my marriage. It's, but you know, these all comes with strengths and weaknesses, but yeah, I'm ambitious. What have been some of the things that has uh, forged that? Can you give some examples? In terms of what's helped me lean into that side of myself? Well, uncover and lean into. Yeah. So I said on my first do something list was write a blog. And um, again, that's more of a goal than a do something list. I'm I'm good at helping people know the difference now. And I help train them on that and teach them that. But in the process of writing and putting myself out there, which is something I had avoided for like eight years of thinking about writing a blog. By the way, my blog was not a success. Like nobody read it. But in the process of doing it, I realized there was this part of like I, I reaching for more felt really good. And because I was in that process of being able to reach for more and it be okay, that wasn't good. That's why I started my podcast that I was pretty bad at and now have done for over seven years and gotten really good at. And that has become the thing that I've been the most ambitious in it. There's so many trickle down effects from knowing better who you are and getting in that mindset of doing something. And that ambitious side of me has come up in this and just my work. And this is my work now. This is my business. And, you know, I'm still not like this multimillionaire going on fiance vacations because of it, but it's been the best way I've found fulfillment in my life. So technically you could say that that blog was successful. It was successful in absolutely that you needed to get into. Absolutely. What is the thing that you are ambitious? You you already tapped into this most ambitious about right now. Is it the podcast? For many years it was actually, but I experienced a shift in that this past fall where it shifted from like, I want my podcast to be really big and successful to, I, I always wanted to help women are, is my primary audience. So I wanted to help women change, but I realized I was like, so stuck on it being through the podcast that I was missing where I could be of service everywhere. Just mm. so um, it's kind of just a, a evolved to, I just want to, to, to teach. And actually I was a middle school teacher before. So I think it's more just, I, now I'm ambitious and just wanting to be a better teacher period. And that's, in person, like at my local congregation, <laughs> that stretched me for a few years. That was my job. I I taught adults there and that was a lot scarier than teaching, you know, thousands on my podcast and, but also more one-on-one or, or um, over the, the podcast or in workshops, all that kind of stuff. It's just being a better teacher. I used to be a teacher too. <laughs> I feel like we are all but podcasters are. now. <laughs> I, I <see>. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I say that to people, I'm like, I used to be a teacher. And they're like, are you freaking kidding me? You've been a teacher really? your whole life. And I'm like, yes, yeah, true. I mean, I, at one like, time, but, was a classroom teacher, uh-huh. like a formal, like, I taught. Isn't it fascinating though? You like see those parts of yourself when you look back, you're like, oh, like even as a kid, I was a teacher. In oh yeah. Ways. I remember flashback moment right now when I got my first desk from a garage sale, I was so excited that my mom bought this desk home and it was a classroom desk, but I didn't use it like for me to have a desk. I used it because I pretended like I was the teacher in the front and I put the desk in front of me me, and I would put my favorite doll or my favorite teddy bear in the chair. And I would literally teach like, and I had, I had, I made myself, oh, we are so having a flashback moment. I would make myself little um, pieces of paper with like, cl- like classroom notes. And then I would do assignments. And then, so I would teach the little bear or the child. And then I would do the assignment purposefully, some of the things wrong. And then I would correct it as the teacher. So I was both. It was awesome. Oh, okay. Now, if that isn't full circle, because what do I tell all of my clients right now? You are the teacher and the student at all times. We all yes. are. 
Okay. You know what is so I just got chills. (laughs) It's so fascinating when you like see those full circle moments because one of my flashback moments is we had big cottonwood trees in my backyard that I would climb all the time as a kid. And one of my like core memories is being in one of those, you know, nook of the trees and interviewing someone. Like I was a talk show host. So now that's and that's what I thought about doing as a young child, looking through my mom's J. Crew catalogs, which I don't even think she could afford any of the clothes then. So I, I was looking through those clothes and thinking about what I would wear as a teacher. And then, you know, I it's funny that that's what I do now. I'm essentially a talk show host that teaches. So, and let's just keep going with this one. Like this, we're, let's keep jamming on this because I think that the people really do important. Admit. It's so, yeah. so important. This is important to get into action is that, you have these moments in your life that are literally like, I call it like God taps or God winks mm-hmm. or, you know, just flashes from the universe of you can go this direction. Mm-hmm. And so often we don't see ourselves as that ourself as human. And so we disregard it. Yeah. And I remember sitting on, I was, oh, this is so funny. Way back, I don't know, like 11 years ago, I put in, let's go really far back. I put in for a free trip for myself and three girlfriends to go rafting down a river in Colorado, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I didn't tell them that I put in for this. And one of them, one of them hates the water and she doesn't like to camp. And by the way, it was an overnight camping trip as well. Before I put in for this, 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 I had gotten in the mail, like this note from some, from this company that said, if you want to put in for this, you can. But I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, I'll never win. So I threw it into the garbage. And then all of a sudden I had this little thing in this little like message through my head that said, you should at least try. And this was like the next day. So I went through the garbage and pulled it out and actually submitted it to see if I could win, submitted to this contest to see if I could win. And lo and behold, I won. Why didn't I tell my girlfriends that I was, that I'd even put in for it? Because I didn't think that I was like, well, will we really win? I don't know. We'll we'll just deal with that later. And so I won and we went on this trip. At the end of this trip, I sat on the bed with my best friend, one of my best friends, Stephanie, and I said to her, who's probably listening right now, and I love your girlfriend, to the moon back forever and always. And I remember saying to her, I feel like I'm not doing enough with my life. And I feel like at one point, I said, I don't know why. Like, I, I've i known that I can do more. And at that point, I quit teaching. I was a stay-at-home mom. I said, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm, I have something drawing up into my soul. And I do think that there was this, exactly what you're talking about, from between the lazy and the perfectionism. I didn't know where to start. Yeah. I remember she said to me, she literally sat down with me and looked at me and said, start a blog, like Mm -hmm. just start writing, start putting it out into the world and it will come. It will happen. Fast forward. I go through all the trauma in my life. Fast forward. One thing leads to the other. And I find myself leading retreats in the Grand Canyon, which I didn't really know what I was doing when I started that either. And now they're successful and I'm taking another group down in next week. And they've touched so many people's lives you don't know how big it can go unless you pull out of the garbage, the thing that you've thrown in. Right. And just like, even that coming full circle with that, it is so magical when you can step back from all of the work that you've put into it. And also this goes back into how do you know if you're making progress? Well, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you're in the fog in the middle of that, which has happened to me too, in the middle of that channel. And you're like, I don't even know which direction I'm going. And yet you have to have faith that you are going in that right direction as well. Oh, that's so good. And you know, that is funnily enough what I think that dumb list I made, you know, eight years ago that has now become something I do every year. Yeah. It's become like, it was just, it's been, it's been another surprise in my life, but that's what it's helped me do is it's uncovered the threads that have been interwoven in my life story that I didn't know were threads. Yes, And being able to pick them up and pick them out and then be able to say, like, how am I going to weave this in a new way? Or how can I explore in a new way? That's what's helped me figure out this next step. But it's only in the trying that I have been able to figure that out. And I will say one other thing too. I don't think our these threads are going to be stuck in insular roles. Like I don't think I'll be a podcaster the rest of my life, but I can teach in many different ways. 
I love to learn. I can learn in many ways. And I know these threads can can be interwoven in different ways at different times. So that's the point. It's less about what job am I going to have or what role am I going to have? It's more about who am I and how can I bring that to whatever I have in my life right now, whatever season I'm in and the roles I have now. Yes. Yes. We could go on for hours, girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) I'm loving this. We've got a lot in common and (laughs) we could go on hours on this. Mm -hmm. We really should do a podcast just on story swapping, like stories. I love that. I know it's so, it's so fun to hear yours. It's well, I think it's so fun to hear everybody's. That's a really good idea, actually. Like going back all the way to the beginning and then, you know, sharing stories all the way through. It's, um, it's a really good way to also explore and find different versions of yourself because when we're starting to share our stories, we remember other things. Uh Aha. Yeah. You keep getting us aha moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners as we are coming to a close? So I actually didn't even plan on talk about the do something list together today, but I do have a free training if that would help them. Um, Okay. It's at aboutprogress.com slash DSL. And that stands for do something list. And it's just a free training. I I give a whole 90 minute workshop that you can have a guide and the guide is free too. And you can work through it with us and create your list. And there's tons of examples of real women in my community. Cause it's not just been me. Hundreds of women have done this in my community and and they have said their lives have changed too. And they've also experienced a trickle down effects. Like one of them said, I'm on my phone less. You know, it's just like weird things that you don't even know um, are going to happen from this. So they can, they can check that out. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a guest. Oh, it's been a joy. I I love this. I love this work and I, I love your podcast. I've been listening and the work you're doing is just so needed. Thank you. Thank you. Where can people find you and, uh, and how can they get in touch with you? If you're listening, then keep listening, go and search for about progress and listen to a couple episodes. I'm also on Instagram at about progress as well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks, Sarah. I appreciate your time. And, uh, this is definitely a let's continue. Oh, I love that. Thank you for listening to the live boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm grateful to have you here. I believe in you, I believe in us, and always will. Life can get hard, but I promise you, on the other side, it's glorious. I'd love to invite you over to sarahshultonkranz.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to thriver. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments, and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.